This episode of the Security Ledger podcast is sponsored by Pondurance. Pondurance delivers world-class managed detection and response services to industries facing today's most pressing and dynamic cybersecurity challenges, including ransomware, complex compliance requirements, and digital transformation accelerated by a distributed workforce. Pondurance experts include seasoned security operations analysts, digital forensics and incident response professionals, and compliance and security strategists who provide always-on services to customers seeking broader visibility, faster response and containment, and more unified risk management for their organizations. To learn more, visit them at pondurance.com. That's P-O-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E dot com. Hello and welcome to the Security Ledger podcast. I'm your host, Paul Roberts, Editor-in-Chief at the Security Ledger, in this spotlight edition of the podcast. Security threats aren't like the weather, that they don't just kind of just happen, right? There's somebody at a keyboard somewhere in the world trying to figure out how to gain access to an organization's assets and either monetize it or further, you know, their nation state goals, et cetera. And as long as you have that, someone on, on the other end, you need humans on, on this side, right? Uh, you know, uh, machines um, just simply can't, can't. Change is the one constant in the information security field. The bad guys set the tone and their hunger for profits drives rapid evolution in both threats and attacks. These days, the plague du jour is ransomware, in which cyber criminal gangs infiltrate companies, encrypt sensitive information and systems, and increasingly threaten to leak stolen data to increase the leverage on their victims to pay up. Unfortunately, the fix for the ransomware problem isn't straightforward. Enterprise perimeters had already deteriorated well before the COVID pandemic and the rapid shift to work from home battered down what was left of them. Phishing attacks, credential stuffing, and application layer attacks like SQL injection reliably provide access to corporate environments today as they did five or even ten years ago. And perimeter-based detections and blocking offer little in the way of protection against these risks. Increasingly, the solution for organizations is to bring in security experts to help keep hackers at bay. So-called managed detection and response, or MDR, solutions are a fast-growing segment of the information security space as companies turn to security experts not just to monitor their networks, but to get hands-on in both detecting and removing threats from their environment. What is MDR, and why are organizations adopting it now as a response to the changing threat landscape? In this podcast, we invited Lyndon Brown of the firm Pondurance into the Security Ledger Studios to answer some of those questions. Lyndon is the Chief Strategy Officer at Pondurance. In this podcast, he talks about the changing threat landscape and how shifts in threats and attacks have driven more firms in sectors like healthcare, banking, and financial services to seek expert help in responding to cyber threats. To start off, I asked Lyndon to talk a little bit about what Pondurance does and his role at the firm. Lyndon Brown, Chief Strategy Officer at Pondurance. Lyndon, for our listeners who may not know about Pondurance, could you tell us just a little bit about the company and what you guys do? So Pondurance is a very fast-growing managed detection and response company focused on helping organizations really address their biggest security challenges. This spans ransomware, compliance regulations, and other threats. And we do this by offering 24 by 7 personalized protection. Pondurance 
is in a space mostly referred to as MDR, managed detection and response. Um, it's it's really easy. I mean, Gartner creates all these categories and people kind of scramble around trying to figure out which one they're in. But it's always better to sort of back up and talk about the underlying problems that organizations are facing these days and, and you know, the kind of uh, threats and attacks and also just the, the kind of management uh, challenges uh, that exist within the information security space. So with that in mind, um, what are the types of problems that generally bring companies to Pondurance's doorstep? Sure. So when we talk to organizations, there are really a number of uh, uh, kind of really cascading challenges um, that they're faced with. The, the first probably gets the, the most headlines as it relates to threats, right? We've all seen in recent months, recent years, et cetera, just the number of threats that organizations have um, been facing, right? There've been some high, very high profile breaches, such as ransomware uh, affecting oil and gas organizations on the Eastern Seaboard, but also government agencies and even food supply organizations, a large scale beef supplier was impacted by a ransomware event. Um, but no industry has really been immune. We've seen municipal transportation, hospitals, universities, all impacted by really this scourge of ransomware. And ransomware is not a new threat, but it's a threat that's gained a lot of a lot more attention and interest from attackers based on some key factors. Uh, cryptocurrency uh, continues to be an attractive and harder to trace uh, uh, monetary and currency that allows attackers to both uh, execute an attack, but also receive payment. And um, it's, it's really been you know, challenging for many organizations. To sort of dig a little bit deeper on that, what, what is the challenge that, that ransomware poses? What, why is it so challenging or hard for companies to um, address in a way that you know, other threats that, that have come along over the years um, uh, maybe have not been as challenging? Sure, sure. I, so I would say, um, you know, ransomware specifically has got a lot of attention, a lot of interest. There's a lot of money in it. And uh, there's an old adage, right? You know, when uh, someone was asked, why do they rob a bank? They say that's where the money is. And, and ransomware is simply where the money is, right? Or organizations, whether it's their insurance company or the organization directly, have shown and proven that when, um, you know, rubber meets the road, uh, they, they'll pay a ransom. And, and so it becomes very lucrative. But what's similar to other threat types and tactics is that it really only takes a few um, mistakes by an organization to be susceptible and vulnerable uh, to an attack, right? As far as uh, it's been well documented by now that the large colonial pipeline hack was really caused by one single compromised password. So we live in a world where a dollar of offense absolutely beats a dollar of defense and actually beats one offense, one dollar offense beats you know, a couple million dollars of defense, right? So <laughs> six bitcoins worth of defense, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So it really, it really creates a really tough situation where um, a lot of new threat actors are rushing into the the pool uh, to be able to um, get rich and 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 really go beyond kind of the hacktivism or other uh, threat vectors that previously existed. It's it's the first just kind of wildly successful cybercrime business model. I mean, maybe not the first, but it is certainly the most successful we've seen to date. I guess maybe there will be more in the future. But. Yeah. yeah, and, and look, and you mentioned the cybercrime industry specifically. And, you know, uh, if you actually charted cybercrime in 2020, uh, uh, cybercrime would be like the sixth largest economy if, if it was a country. <laughs> so, I think, <laughs> so I think you're actually spot on. In, in, right after saying, California. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think you're actually spot on in, in saying like that that's the big shift, right? Monetization 
you know, you always had nation state actors. You always had hacktivists who wanted to deface a website and get their name out of there. You always had kind of script kiddies who had their own motivations for doing things. But this is, you know, and then you always had like, you know, credit card scammers and things like that. But this is an interesting monetization strategy where pretty much any information is now um, monetizable, right? So, um, you know, the, a beef supplier or a government agency might have a file somewhere that they, matters to them, matters to nobody else in the world, <laughs> you know, but if you're able to encrypt it and deny access to it, um, it's instantly become something of value um, that you can get, you know, potentially get paid on. So that's really, I think, the big shift and cryptocurrency um, pro- providing um, a new avenue for organizations, um, you know, malicious organizations and their partners to be able to monetize is just a confluence of events that makes it really tough for the average organization um, to, to protect against. So the managed detection response space, let's talk about that a little bit. That's the, again, the part of the information security industry or market that, that Pondurance uh, operates in. Folks are probably familiar with sort of managed service, uh, managed security service providers, MSSPs. Could you kind of walk us through that M managed detection response offering and maybe how it compares to more traditional managed security services? Sure. So um, managed security service providers really popped up um, early in the internet age where all of a sudden organizations were being connected to the internet. And um, I always like to you know, say, um, and I'll quote a famous philosopher in this point, um, you know, the invention of the ship was the invention of the shipwreck, right? So uh, there, was no hack- there was no hackers and, and there were no really uh, internet threats until the internet um, became available, right? So, but once that internet superhighway, if you will, um, using a, a throwback uh, term there, uh, was established, really you saw uh, opportunists, you saw nation states trying to leverage that to further their, uh, to further their, their, their motives. And managed security service providers really started off as an offshoot of uh, internet service providers, recognizing that they can provide, uh, you know, seatbelts, if you will, uh, for the for the for the highway that they had just created. Um, but what quickly emerged and it continues to happen today is that managed service providers were really focused on um, device management, so configuring a firewall, configuring an antivirus product. And um, under the assumption that if you can block it, it'll you'll stop it, right? So this is the equivalent of building a large uh, a large wall uh, around your house and and saying got the wall up and, and we'll be okay. But you know things have happened that have you know uh, put dents into that strategy, right? Uh, most of uh, many organizations, most of their infrastructure no longer sits behind um, a physical perimeter, um, and or even a, a real kind of logical perimeter. It's 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 all it's in it's in the cloud. It's uh, shared and federated across um, partner organizations, uh, data is being shared, uh, connections are being established. Um, the average organization is leveraging you know, tons of SaaS applications, et cetera. So the, the, the dissolving of the perimeter, the evolution of the kinds of threats, uh, sophisticated threats that can um, launch really created tremendous gaps in the value that managed security service providers could provide in, in, in today's age. So MDR really emerged as an answer to that, to be able to really go beyond just trying to do a prevention only strategy to actually bringing the detection and response capabilities to bear. And detection and response specifically focuses on and and is based on the realization that if you don't stop it at the front door, you surely want to have a chance to stop it um, when it's kind of in the perimeter, because being able to stop something urgent immediately can absolutely reduce the impact and the loss associated with waiting a lot longer. So that's really the detection and response aspect and the kind of tools and the, and the techniques that need to be 
um, um, involved to be able to do that effectively really d- distinguishes MDR from MSSPs. Okay. And what are those tools and techniques? What's in the tool belt? Yeah. So I would say the, uh, the first piece is really deep visibility. And that visibility can be um, narrow, like some providers in the market focus on, just maybe an endpoint uh, doing visibility. Or it could be broad, where uh, you know, you're providing broader coverage across a variety of different dimensions, endpoint, log, network, visibility. And this is you know, where Ponderance plays, being able to provide 360-degree visibility across an organization's infrastructure. Um, the next piece really relates to how you do detection, right? So going back to the uh, going back in the time machine, right, to the early internet days, um, detection was really defined as threat researchers um, identifying a threat or seeing a threat in the in live in the wild, uh, finding a way to catalog that, so effectively, uh, you know, tagging it, if you will, but really identifying and developing signatures uh, related to those threats, and then trying to distribute those signatures as quickly as possible. So maybe. Uh, Patient zero isn't protected, uh, but the but the next set of patients would be protected, and that was largely what the security industry did for a very long time. See uh, bad, write signatures, distribute it quickly, and hopefully you know be able to block it if it shows up um, at somebody's front door. But attackers got really nifty and really good at uh, creating using techniques uh, to actually be able to manipulate their malware to make the same threat look a thousand different ways just by pressing a button, right? So that really broke the uh, strategy around using a signature-based approach to be able to detect the threat. So the modern MDR provider needs to be able to detect threats in the absence of a known signature, right? This often means leveraging advanced techniques such as AI, ML, et cetera, but it also means doing threat hunting, assuming that there's an attacker in the building and really you know, walking the, the digital hallways, if you will, um, and doing it in a way to identify if there's a threat um, in, in, in the midst. You're listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast sponsored by Pondurance. That sort of uh, human in the loop piece is, is so important. I think there's a lot of talk about applications of AI and ML uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence around threat detection. But um, it's, it still is a, a thorny problem and one that requires uh, more, than, more than you can kind of get out of, it, out of the box, right? Talk just a little bit about how Pondurance manages that piece of it, the um, walking the hallways, as you put it, and, uh, and checking to see that, uh, you know, nothing is amiss. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you, if you walk into an average organization, um, they're typically, you know, sitting on uh, either one or the other end of the spectrum, right? There's some um, organizations that have uh, no alerts, and that's a problem in its own, right? But then 41% of organizations uh, say that they're seeing 10,000 alerts a day, which is a different problem, but also but also a problem, right? Ironically, a better problem than the organization with no alerts. Um, one, one could argue, but if you don't have the talent, right? But if you don't have the talent yeah. to look through those 10 alerts, 10,000 alerts, it's kind of the same as having, it's kind of the same as having no alerts, right? So that's really where that, that human element, you know, one way the element comes in, right? Being able to understand, ascertain, and um, determine what needs to be, what's happening and what needs to be done um, in the threat landscape, right? Leveraging uh, processes and technologies um, as force multipliers. But ultimately, um, we still haven't uh, built a machine that is sentient, is autonomous, can think the way a human thinks. And because, you know, the interesting thing about security and, and honestly, why, probably part of the reason why I'm in it is because it's one of the few, um, you know, professions where it's a two-player game, 
right? It's a, it's a two-player sport, right? Security threats aren't like the weather that they don't just kind of just happen, right? There, there's somebody at a keyboard somewhere in the world trying to figure out whether strategically or opportunistically how to gain access to an organization's assets and either monetize it or further you know, their nation state goals, et cetera. And as long as you have that, someone on, on the other end, you need humans on, on this side, right? Uh, you know, uh, machines um, just simply can't, can't do it. And then also when it gets to doing a response and actually being able to push the button, um, whether that's uh, uh, blocking or quarantining a network, removing a host, removing a threat, or other things, um, it, those are still things that are best uh, left in the, um, the hands of an elite and trained security analyst, being able to weigh and, and take in all the different inputs about the business, the context, et cetera, and then, and then go from there. So really, you know, having humans in the loop is not something that will go away. And organizations out there simply cannot find the talent that's needed to, to, to further uh, those goals. Yeah, I mean, you you bring up a great point, and obviously that that's uh, that just the the dearth of security talent and and how much organizations are across industries are struggling just to find people to fill those jobs and do the work. Um, how does that um, how does that impact you? I mean, is that is that something that brings that brings organizations to a ponderance? Is just the the challenge of of finding those people, and then how do you how does ponderance or I guess other MDR vendors, how do you how do you kind of manage that relationship of parachuting into the customer's environment and, and taking on a, a pretty active role in terms of you know threat detection and response? Yeah, so one of the the, the great things about um, us you know being able to focus on being you know the, the best at MDR is that you know one of our core capabilities is being able to attract, develop, retain, and advance you know security security talent. Whereas an organization, you know, a, a regional bank, a local healthcare provider, um, you know, a grocery chain, they have a lot of other things to be focused on. So security just simply wouldn't be on their top ten list as far as being, you know, being world class. And we argue, right? Uh, it doesn't need to be, right? That's where partnerships before, um, just like we're not being trying to be experts in in those different domains. You know, allow us to be the experts and work closely with you um, to help drive your your, your business goals forward um, is how we most uh, effectively collaborate. And what that looks like is really, at, you know, understanding the business itself. So we have um, very deep expertise in a number of verticals. I'll mention healthcare as as just an, as an example. And healthcare is an area where we've worked for for years, right? We understand the jargon, the acronyms. We understand the number of the business requirements, but we still want to hear exactly what the particular organization is facing, and then we can effectively implement the detection and response capabilities to help advance those goals and help reduce the risk that that organization is particularly facing. So as we onboard clients, as we work with the clients on a 24 by 7 basis, we're really focused on being an extension of their team um, and providing the collaboration, the transparency that they deserve while also removing a a lot of activities and and needs um, from, from their plate specifically. Is there a profile of, of the type or size of organization or even the industry in your experience that we're, you know, there's just a lot of movement towards, you know, adopting MDR right now for, for whatever reason. And should listeners who might be considering this, I mean, is this a turnkey solution or is this a kind of a force multiplier? Like you've got a security team, but they're overwhelmed and you need to kind of separate out the wheat from the chafe help them really just focus their energies on what matters and not get distracted by the noise. And we're here to help you do that. Or is it like 
we hire Pondurants, they're now our security team, and we focus on other stuff. <laughs> sure, sure, Paul. Well, well, look, there's a couple, uh, you know, a couple uh, good, good key areas I want to make sure I touch on all of them. So, uh, look, I, I think the first answer your first question. Um, I've I've worked at organizations. I built built really awesome security technology that um, was really focused on and could really be used. Um, by, I'll, I'll say, the security one percenters of the world, right? The security organizations that can go out there and buy one of everything and pretty much hire whoever they want, right? So uh, organizations in that group, you know, Pondurance or another MDR, not, not necessarily relevant, right? But for the other 99% of, of, of the world who, you know, can't find the talent, uh, don't necessarily know which tools to buy, uh, couldn't keep the technologies effectively configured, even if they did select those, and then also have to keep an eye on uh, total cost of ownership. That's really where um, Pondurance uh, plays. Now, to answer your other question around, um, and I'll say this, you know, uh, how tall do you have to be to kind of ride a ride? Um, there's different um, configurations. And our policy is, you know, we meet customers where they are. So some of our customers absolutely come in. They have a CISO. They have uh, some number of, of talented security personnel. But they also know they can't scale that, right? Uh, if you look at just, you know, do some back of the envelope calculations, and you wanted to start a 24 by 7 SOC, it'll take about 14 to 16 people, <laughs> depending if you want people to uh, you know, um, have any ho holidays off, uh, to actually be able to uh, staff that effectively. And most organizations just can't find or couldn't afford to budget for 15, 16 people to actually be able to provide that level of monitoring. And these aren't so, people, this isn't like the kid running the fry later either. Like these are, these are like, you know, skilled, talented professionals who, you know, command decent salaries. Exactly. Right. And, and then also they want to, you know, just like all of us, right. They want to be challenged. They want to uh, um, take on new projects and, and things like that. And that's really, you know, where these things typically um, kind of break down when organizations try to go at it their own. Okay. If you look at even, you know, there's a, space called the sim space right many people have familiarity with it um sim's been around for 20 something years but the vast majority of sim deployments were unsuccessful why because technology alone is simply not enough to solve the problem um you need someone to configure it monitor it manage it uh, upgrade it and um you know just buying a buying a skew off of a, a price list that doesn't really doesn't really give you all that so that's that's a big area you know that that's so so our mission is really to be able to uh, provide, you know, we want to ensure that every organization, really regardless of size, regardless of industry, is in a position and is able to uh, protect their business um, from cyber risk. And, and, and that's why we come to work every day. One of the really kind of challenging and frustrating things about the information security industry is that when, when kind of new approaches or popular approaches emerge, every existing legacy vendor immediately kind of wraps themselves in that, you know, wrapping paper, you know, whether it's, you know, going back data leak or SIM or threat intelligence or whatever the, whatever the hot term is. And, you know, with MDR, you do see a lot of vendors kind of saying, oh yeah, we're MDR, you know, and we're also these five other things. Um, so for, for listeners who are out there, you know, need to sort out these companies, figure out, you know, who who's real and who's not, what is MDR and what is an MDR? Um, any advice on kind of, you know, obviously you would recommend Pondurance, but any advice on what they should be looking for, what kind of core capabilities or features they should consider indispensable? A couple of things definitely jump out to me as you asked that question, Paul. Um, so I, I, I'll break down the problem into a couple of different areas and I'll start with visibility, right? So, you know, some, some may say you can't protect what you can't see. So let's start with the visibility side. And I think, you know, uh, Organizations need to ask their current provider or prospective provider um, if that 
organization, if, if the provider is able to help that organization close visibility gaps across endpoint, log, network, and cloud. And simply put, if a uh, provider can't cover all four of those, um, I, you know, the, you probably want to you know seek another provider who can really really cover all and, and give you confidence that you're protected across those uh, dimensions. As it relates to detection and response, a combination of uh, alert-based detection, but also leveraging threat um, threat hunting, um, is is critical. And the R and MDR, you know, managed detection and response, really comes down to response. And surprisingly, we see a lot of both legacy providers and other players in the MDR space who don't do full-fledged incident response, right? The thing that comes to mind is when you see like a dog kind of chasing a bus and it's like, you know, what are you going to do when you actually chase the, catch the bus, right? <laughs> so, so, so it's the same exact thing um, in, in uh, managed detection and response is I was in a market for a managed detection and response provider. I would definitely want to make sure I have one that can do response and can really manage that end-to-end. -end. Response means, you know, taking action, but it also means you know, managing stakeholders and helping uh, develop a comms plan and helping be able to, uh, you know, really remove the threat as quickly as possible. And that's and that's what all comes down to that response piece. And I think having that is is absolutely um, uh, critical. That is a differentiator, that response piece and the most consequential piece for the for the customer, of course. Exactly. And then, you know, other areas I would put here um, in the category of, you know, look for definitely be every organization has made some level of security investment or IT investment finding a provider that can actually leverage some of that investment and not require you to completely, you know, you know turn over the Apple cart uh, is, is something that's key. Uh, every organization has different sets of policies or uh, compliance mandates or potentially just internal uh, objectives and ensuring that the provider, to your point about, you know, turnkey earlier, ensuring that that provider can actually be somewhat customizable and fit within your particular policies is, is critical, right? If you keep getting an alert um, for something that, it's not a policy for you, but it's a policy for uh, someone else. It, it kind of, you know, creates that uh, boy who cried wolf um, scenario. So you definitely want to make sure that the policies are customizable. And and then the last thing I'll mention is really experience in your industry. Um, it's really tough and difficult to work with a provider who doesn't have experience in you know your particular industry, right? That could be manufacturing, it could be healthcare, it could be oil and gas. Um, you know, being on the other phone, other side of a phone from a provider who, who just doesn't speak the jargon, doesn't understand your particular industry and doesn't understand why something would be critical um, is really, you know, I, I would say was really, really an unfortunate scenario. So definitely as um, the listeners look at MDR providers, um, I, I would I would encourage them to, to look across uh, those dimensions. Final question. I mean, obviously, the COVID pandemic has really just changed the way businesses function and operate, you know, forced probably the acceleration of certain technology trends, digital transformation trends. From your perch there at Pondurance, um, what do you think the biggest uh, impacts of the pandemic have been in so far as, you know, security is concerned and the types of questions and demands you're hearing from your customers? Yeah. And I think from a, just from a pandemic point of view, obviously, you know, the broader impact on society, just, just, you know, very damaging um, as it relates to, 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 you know. <laughs> it's been a wild ride, man. It's yeah, been a wild yeah, ride. Yeah. Um, and, and, and pivoting into, um, you know, security specifically, you know, I would say, let's, let me find a bright spot. Right. And, and I'll say that um, this is probably the, the, the fastest uh, acceleration of digital transformation that has occurred in, in, in our lifetimes. Right. In an 18 month period, organizations were ripping off the bandaid and figuring out how to do telepresence in, in healthcare, figuring out how to, uh, you know, engage with clients and customers uh, more, more effectively digital, 
enabling a whole class of uh, workforce to be able to actually work from home, work remotely. So on the positive side, you know, tremendous amount of progress in terms of just moving um, forward, uh, perhaps even a decade, you know, um, pace um, in a very short period of time. The con, right, is is that uh, a lot of that happened in the absence of the traditional uh, maybe security reviews, uh, analysis, uh, risk risk adjusted uh, analysis that would determine is it is it time for us to actually do that or what what should we be thinking about, et cetera. So um, that's really um, kind of the catch twenty two. Um, huge transformation in terms of new services being offered. The cloud has absolutely um, seen a huge growth in adoption, but at the same time, security has uh, generally lagged, um, both in the ability of technology to be deployed, but also in terms of the expertise to be able to know how to secure the cloud, right? The number of cloud security experts in the world um, is, is extremely, extremely small, right? So, you know, for, fortunately at Pandorance, Pandorance, we have a, a team that focuses on that, um, but that's really just, you know, kind of maybe illustrates the, the, the point there. The rapid digitization really is requiring um, organizations to think uh, extra hard about their security strategy and MDR um, provides a contributing solution to some, some of those challenges. Listeners want to learn more about Pondurance, so where should they go? Sure, Paul. They can find us at pondurance.com. Right from the homepage, they can click Request a Demo, and it'll give us an opportunity to show them how we work with a variety of organizations and also have a conversation about how we can help them. Lyndon Brown, Chief Strategy Officer at Pondurance, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us on the Security Ledger podcast. I um, appreciate the opportunity uh, to chat with you today, Paul. You've been listening to a Spotlight edition of the Security Ledger podcast sponsored by Pondurance. Pondurance delivers world-class managed detection and response services to industries facing today's most pressing and dynamic cybersecurity challenges, including ransomware, complex compliance requirements, and digital transformation accelerated by a distributed workforce. Pondurance experts include seasoned security operations analysts, digital forensics and incident response professionals, and compliance and security strategists who provide always-on services to customers seeking broader visibility, faster response and containment, and more unified risk management for their organizations. To learn more, visit them at pondurance.com. That's P-O-N-D-U-R-A-N-C-E.com. ecom